What's up, Foundry? It is an honor to again join you and to talk a little bit about family, uh, one of my obviously favorite topics. And today we're going to dive into marriage. Last week we hit the idea of what it really means to know that Jesus is the way for your family, for your marriage, for your life. And today I'm going to focus in a little more seriously on the topic of marriage. Let me get at it this way. So when I was a little kid growing up, uh, I went to a country church down in the Carolinas, you can tell from my voice. And my mom and dad always sat on the third seat, and I remember I sat there right by them. My mother, she was, she was a little larger lady. I liked that for church because she was very comfortable to lay over on. Sorry to say that, but it's just true. And I would sit there and listen to the sermons and quite often, because of the comfort, fall asleep. But on this particular day, the pastor, I believe his name was Reverend Benjamin. I probably was, you know, six or seven. And he said this statement. He actually read this from Matthew chapter 17. And it puzzled me as a little kid because I was like, well, that's pretty serious. He read this statement. He said, Jesus said, because there's red words in the Bible, you know, Jesus said it. If you have the faith of a mustard seed, You can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, I'm six. I'm seven years old. And I hear this, hang on a second. The pastor basically just said, whatever I say, if I do it with faith, it can happen. And so, I started thinking about that. This is a little kid going, hang on a minute. I, I got this much faith, Donna. There's a picture there coming up of, of just a hand with a mustard seed in it. Come on, don't I have that much faith? And so, so let me tell you what happened. That night, I was home, and we had evening service too. So I went to church in the evening, we came back home, and Mom put us to bed because I had school the next day, probably first or second grade, and she always made me go to bed too early. Son was still up. Moms, dads, that's not fair. <laughs> I get it now. After I had kids, shoot, put them to bed at three o'clock. But when you're a kid, going to bed before the sun goes down does not seem fair. So mom had put me to bed. I'm laying in my bed. My bed faced east. Out of my window in my bedroom with my blinds up, which they were, I could see this little mountain. It was called Six Mile Mountain. That's the town I grew up in, Six Mile. And this little Six Mile Mountain wasn't huge, but it was pretty big. And I'm in bed. I got nothing else to do. And it began to dawn on me, I'm going to try to move that mountain. So as a little kid, I remember I got up on my knees in my bed. You know, I just got up on my knees a little bit. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. Pastor said, if you got faith of a mustard seed, you can just pray and it'll just happen. So I'm going to try it out. And I remember even before I pray, and I can remember thinking, mom and dad are going to be shot. The neighborhood won't know what hit them when I finish this prayer because the mountain's going to be gone. Well, I started praying. Uh, Jesus, here I am, mustard seed boy. And I'm going to pray that that mountain would be moved, and it right now it's gone. Amen. And I looked up, and it was not gone. It was still there. And I got to tell you something. 
that happened to me that day. And I actually see lots of us who are people of faith struggling with this all the time. I, I prayed and nothing changed. I've asked God, this thing in my marriage is killing me. Make it go away. Amen. Still there. And mustard seed faith can kind of start messing with your head. See, I didn't, the pastor didn't explain it, or maybe he did, and I wasn't old enough to get it. But I didn't get what Jesus meant by that. I'm going to give you what Jesus meant by that so the actual context of the passage makes sense. Because Jesus wasn't just saying, hey, three chairs, be gone, and they're gone. That wasn't what he was saying. I want to show you what he was saying. Jesus was standing with his disciples, and he was standing with the Herodian that's the name of the mountain. It was over probably one of his shoulders. I, I picture this scene, Jesus talking to his disciples, and he's saying to them, hey, guys, listen, if you have the faith of Muslim, you got to get where he was speaking to them. Over the backdrop of his shoulder was the Herodian. The Herodian, which you can Google up, it's there today, was a mountain that had been built by King Herod. He was an architect. He was famous. He was one of the first greatest architects known to mankind. He was known for building things. And he wanted to be remembered, Herod did. When he died, he wanted people to go, can't forget Herod. So he actually had, in a flat plain area, he built a mountain. Go Google it. It's crazy. It's an incredible mountain. He had hired hands, he had architects, he had slaves, he used them all, and he built this incredible mountain. So that's there, and the reason he built that, by the way, is so he could put his tomb in it, so that when people walked by years later, he wanted them to go, wow, remember Herod? He was amazing. And Jesus was saying to his disciples, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can do better than that. He was pointing at that mountain going, that's man-made stuff. That's something a human can do. With me, you can do even greater things. Oh, my goodness, I get the context of it now. That makes a lot of sense. Because man can do some pretty mighty things. Go to downtown Chicago. Go to downtown New York. Go check out some of the things that man can create. Incredible. But man cannot do the impossible. And right now for some of us, there's something in our marriage. There's something in our relationship that you have had the thought, that's impossible. And I say to you today, Jesus would look at you and say to you, man-made thinking, mm -hmm. you can't pull that off. You can't overcome that obstacle. But if you have this much faith in me, watch this. If you really believe I am who I say I am, then you can overcome that thing. I came into this moment of speaking to you today from a setting where I was watching a really difficult marriage situation. <laughs> and I literally had the thought, driving here today to shoot this little recording, I literally had the thought, it's going to take Jesus to fix that. 
They're trying to do it with man-made thoughts and man-made answers. And that's okay. There's some great things you can do. But the impossible thing, the thing you feel you can't overcome, I'm telling you today, go to Jesus with it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you some little thoughts about how to do that. I love practical stuff. I love to give people just simple guidance. So today, I'm going to offer to you uh, some questions. And in answering this question, I'm going to say to you, what if you planted that little seed today? Just that little tiny seed. What could it become? Because Jesus said, just that much seed, that much faith can do the impossible. So I'm going to ask you questions, and in the process of asking questions, what I'm basically doing is I'm saying to you, what would happen if you planted this seed in your marriage? Here we go. Here's the first one. Let me show you how this is going to work. The first question is this. When you talk to your spouse, do you have a kind and gentle spirit? Are your words kind? Jane and I, uh, we go away every year, and I, call, I have this what I call whole, no holes barred night, where I will literally look at her. We'll go out to dinner. Uh, I usually, if it's a place that has a placemat, right now there aren't many, but I usually flip it over. I got a pen. I go, all right, babe, what can I work on this year? What's the thing that I could do better for you? I promise you every year her first words are, speak kind to me. Speak kind to me. And I'm telling you, I know that if I look at my life, when I walked in here today, for example, to be a part of this video and, and to be at the foundry, everybody who spoke to me, guess what? When they spoke to me, spoke kind, guess what? I spoke kind to. But sometimes we walk into our house with our spouse, not the same deal. What if you planted a seed of kind words? I'm going to watch I'm going to go a week with kind, and when that mm, unkind word's down in there, I'm not going to let it out. What would happen with a week of kind words? On the screen there, you see a little basketball. Uh, I'm a collector of sports memorabilia stuff. I like to collect all kind of stuff. This is a basketball, if you look at it pretty close. I've used this a lot talking about marriage. It's signed by Michael Jordan up top, Larry Bird on the right, Shaq down bottom, Magic Johnson on the left. It's a really cool ball. <laughs> You're not going to be touching that ball. I've got it at home in a plastic case up high on a shelf. Why? Because I like it. I cherish it. I want to take care of it. And I'll tell you what. We are so good at caring for our stuff. But we dribble our relationships. We don't guard them with plastic cases of security. Oh, oh my thing. Some of you got your thing. You've got it right now stored under your bed. It, it, it's put in a vault somewhere with a lock on it because I care about that. And your spouse is probably going, what, what if you cared about me as much as you care about that? It's a big deal. And I know that today many of you have some words in your vocabulary that you need to lose. 
your marriage and your own personal life would be greatly enhanced if you dropped that. Like, like let, me, let me just ask you, what are your chosen words? What are those words that when you're really angry at your spouse, you just let them out? I remember I had some of those words. I got, I got to tell you, by God's grace, they're gone. Um, Jane used to use the divorce word. She grew up in a home where her parents were divorced. So she'd say, well, I guess we're just getting divorced. And I would say to her, I don't, I don't want you, I don't care how angry you are. Don't say that word to me. It destroys me inside. She doesn't use it anymore. And if we're going to cherish each other, if we're going to take our marriage, if we're going to plant a little seed, <laughs> I probably don't even need to ask any more questions for some of you today because right now you know the seed for you would be going, kind words, replace that word with this word. Do some replacement. This is not easy. I'm not telling you it's simple. But I believe if you would activate this idea of speaking kind, you'll take a step in planting a seed that will benefit your marriage. So that's how I'm going to do this. I just got several questions. I'm going to ask them. We're going to go through it. Here's the second one. When, you spouse, when your spouse sees you coming, is there a little leap or a little creep in their spirit? <laughs> it's a great question because the reality is when you hear your spouse at home, okay, so like they arrive at home, if you've got a garage door, they hit the garage door, you hear it going up. Either inside you go, all right, yeah, or shoot, they made it. I mean, I hope, I hope it's not the second one. But in reality, um, I call it the garage door test. It really matters. Um, I grew up in a home with a father I just got to be honest and say, I dreaded seeing him coming. I mean, when he came home at the end of the day, he drove an old Ford truck. When it topped the hill that came down to our little country home in South Carolina, uh, my, heart, my heart would just start pounding. And I would think, oh, no, what's he going to be like today? Because dad could either be really violent or he could be really sweet. And I never knew. And I remember as a little kid growing up thinking, when I get older, I'm not going to be that way. And then I got to tell you, I'm going to fast forward about 20 years. And I remember one day, uh, my kids were outside playing, and I drove up in the car. And um, there were bicycles and tricycles and toys and skateboards, you name it, all over the driveway, everything. It just it irritated me. And I just yelled, I rolled the window down, hey, kids, can somebody move some of that? junk in the drive I and mean, I was losing it and as I was doing that I had a flashback of my own childhood going oh my word I'm doing to my own children what I hated having done to me and I remember that day something happened I, I actually went back to my office that day this has been 25 years ago uh, I went back to my office that day I took a post-it note and I've moved office several times, and this little note literally has moved with it. If you left with me today and you drove back to my office, this is literally under my light switch right now in my office. I, I went to my office, and I put a little note like this, a post-it note. And the little note says, this isn't going to work. A little note says, pray before you go. I put, I put it right under my light switch. It literally says, pray before you go. So I started every day. Uh, when I got home, before I went home, as I was headed home at the end of the day, I turned my light off in my office, and I go, all right, God, I'm going home now to see my wife. I pray when I walk in the house, I would just 
bring joy to her. I pray that when she sees me, she would go, oh, Dan's here. Let me walk in with that kind of attitude. I have been doing this for 25 years. I literally did it yesterday. I literally still now, I don't have any kids in the house. And I turn my light switch off and I pause and I pray, God, help me leave my junk here. I got stuff I've dealt with. Help me go home and bring a, a good dad and a good husband and joy. Started doing it. So, so, I started doing that. Go back 25 years. I started doing it. I didn't tell my wife what I was doing. So, I just started arriving home, walking in the door. Hey, everybody. So, about three days into this, seriously, my wife came to the door. <laughs> she said, what's going on with you? Are you having an affair? What are you doing? You're so happy all the time. I'm like, what? I just decided to come home with joy. And then I told her how I'd screamed at the kids and I'd had a flashback of my dad and how I didn't want her to have to deal with that every day and what it must be like with, with me coming home for her to go, okay, which one's coming? And then I told her, I said, I've been kneeling and praying. I told her about this. Literally, these were her words to me. Will you please never stop doing that? And I haven't stopped. Because I want, when I come home, I want my spouse to have a little leap in her spirit. Dan's here. You say, but you've been doing that for 40 years. Yeah. And I want her to go, he made it home safe. He's here. My friend is here. That's a choice. It's a seed. I chose to plant it 25 years ago. It's working. And I want to say to you today, my thought, I always think about Jesus. Do you think when he walked in the house, Joseph looked at Mary and said, oh, the kid's here. No. I think that when Jesus walked in the house, his mom and dad were like, cool. Now, Pharisees didn't like to see him coming, but the other people did. Let your life plant a seed that says when you see me walk in, you bring a little contagious Jesusness. That's a seed that will change your home. A third little seed I would ask you is this. Um, do you think about their world and the way they think and what they might be dealing with? Let, let me just stop a second. I walked to somebody in my office this week. I walked into their office and I said, when you go with your spouse or when you're about to be around them, do you think about their world before you think about yours? And the person said, mm -mm. no, I spend a lot of time Thinking about my world. I do too. We all do. It's life. It's the one I live in. But to really take your marriage to the next level, you begin to pre-think, what might they be dealing with? What could have happened in their day that maybe makes them stressed out? Man, they told me this morning they have that, that, and that going on. Hmm, I need to consider that when I check on them this afternoon. This is intentional. This is purposeful. This will take intentionality in your life. And it's a seed that can get your eyes off yourself and focus on your spouse and what they might be needing from you. It takes work. I'm not saying any of this stuff's easy. 
But if you plant one of these seeds, you don't have to plant them all. Plant one of these seeds. Try it for a week. Walk in the door and say, man, man, I walk in. You've been dealing with a lot today. How are you? (laughs) It might take a few days to ask him that because the first couple of times it's going to freak your spouse out. Because it's like, wow, you've been thinking about me? Yeah. Uh, one, of the, one of the ways this hit me really hard was, uh, I'm thinking back, it's been about four years now that this happened. Uh, Jane and I had lost our two moms and our dad fairly close time to each other. And when her dad passed, we drove down, that's the Carolinas, so we drove down to North Carolina to go to the funeral, to be a part of the funeral. And that isn't an easy process uh, in our family. Uh, there's uh, uh, some dysfunctionality. There's harder relationships. There was blended familyness. Uh, all the things are a part of that. And it's fine. It's just part of life. But it isn't always easy. And those things were on Jane's heart. Um, even the morning of the funeral. This is the moment I want to tell you about. The morning of the funeral. The funeral was like 11 o'clock. And she had forgotten some of her clothing paraphernalia. And she said, hey, babe, I, I need a couple of things. And I said, well, let's just run. I said, I saw Cole's. I saw Kohl's as we were driving into this town. There's a Kohl's over. We can go go there and grab whatever you need. So we got in the car together. Watch this. I lead winning at home. Get that, okay? I'm I'm supposed to be the president and founder. So we're driving to Kohl's to get something darker. So we're driving to Kohl's to get that. Jane is thinking about her dad's funeral this morning. I loved him too. We're going to the funeral together. She's got sibling issues in her mind. She's she's trying to cover all these bases in her mind. And I, on the way to Cole, say to her, Hey, babe, there's something you've been doing that's bothering me. I I just thought, since we got this free time, I'm going to bring it up and we'll talk it through. What? Even your look, Allison's like, "What, what are you thinking? Right. We do this. I, what? I didn't set out that morning to go, I'd like to screw this day. I didn't do that, but I did that. And I think as a spouse, when I step back from me, see, I like me. When I step back from me and go, i got to think about their world. It changes things. It's the seed I want to consider having you plant today. Because I believe it could change things. The next little question. This one is one of my favorites. Um, If you, here's the question. Do you, sorry, do you see your marriage as a commitment or as a feeling? I could honestly spend an entire message on this, okay? But I want to kind of sum this up this way. If your marriage is a feeling, you are going to roller coaster through your life. I'm a feeling guy. Jane's more of a factual person. I'm feeling oriented. I remember, I can just say this because I want you to get this. I remember one year in, three year in, seven year in, 11 years, I actually wrote it down. I was an accountant at the time. I like to keep a lot of details. I remember one year in going, I don't feel any love for Jane anymore. That scared me to death. I honestly thought, I'm going to end up divorcing her. I feel nothing for her. I, 
I had nothing. We would get in the car and she would reach over and want to hold my hand. I, I don't want to touch you. I'd uh, be together. I, I'm not interested. What in the world? On my wedding day when I said I do, I thought, we'll never have any issues. No. We'll never struggle. No, you'll never not want to hug her. Of course not. I do, I do. Should have said no clue, no clue. I do, I do. And there I sat one year in, three year in, seven year in, 11 year in, and wrote it down. Ain't got no feelings for her. And the funny part is, when I stood there on that wedding day and I said I do, I made a promise to God. To God, not to her. To God that I would do my best to love her till death do us part. Now, you, you say, Dan, this is making me feel guilty. I'm on my 15th marriage. Stop. I'm, I'm not trying to refer to anything you've been in. I'm asking you where you are today. Can you see that the commitment... The statement you've made today to your spouse is one that you've made to the Lord. And I want to remind you, the word commitment, it's not heard a lot. You don't flip on the news and go, you know, the commitment today. You don't hear that. Feelings, feelings, feelings. Commitment people do what is right because they want to honor the commitments they've made. And watch this. I, this is such a big statement. I could unpack this one for an hour or two. God honors obedience I discovered in my marriage and I'm speaking to some who are feeling the one three seven and eleven year thing I felt I don't and cannot explain this I pushed through those days when I didn't want to touch her hand when she said hey let's be together I'm like I'm good I pushed through those times and I cannot explain this but the actual love and depth of our relationship came back deeper I just want to say that to somebody today who's thinking of bailing. It's possible. If you plan a little bitty seed of going, I'm going to trust that God is who he says he is. And he says, if I'm faithful and obedient to the commitments I've made, that he will give me the desires of my heart, I'm going to trust him. It's a big trust. And it might not turn out the way you want it to turn out. But if you obey the Lord, I believe since I'm a pastor, I have to say things like, I trust what the Lord said is true. I want to remove the pastorness of me. Throw it over there for a second. Dan Seaborn believes that if I trust God and do what he asks me to do, he will honor that. And I don't know what that always means, but I'm going to, by faith, mustard seed faith, I'm going to make that commitment. And today, for some of you in your marriage, you might be wanting to bail. Can I just make you step back a second and say, don't base it on feelings. If it were based on feelings, I would have been divorced four times to the same woman. And I, I remember the day that I said to Jane, we were riding in the car. She never talked about that kind of stuff. She's more fact-oriented. I remember riding in the car with her saying, honey, have you ever had it where your feelings for me went away? Because I was thinking she was going to go, no, no, no. And she went, are you kidding? I was like, wait, what? She's like, all the time. I'm like, serious? She goes, yeah, like even right now. <laughs> it's life. <laughs> feelings come and go. Commitment sticks. 
So consider planting a little seed of commitment. It might be you need to break that one down and talk to someone. That's what winning home, that's what we do. That's why we have counselors to help you with these spots. If we can help you with that, consider letting them. The foundry is all about commitment. And I challenge you to take a good peek at yours again. Not to your spouse, to your Lord. Plant a seed. I could spend hours on that one. The next one. Are you willing to hear their perspective with a soft heart? This is big. Um, Are you willing to listen to what your spouse would like to say to you with a soft heart? If you do that, by the way, I want to tell you it's one of the greatest gifts you'll give your spouse. Letting, not always agreeing with them, but letting them express what they feel and you going, I understand that's how you feel. Oh, it's huge. So Jane and I, uh, when we get into disagreements, quite often it doesn't go so well. You can imagine that. You can look at me and figure that out. And so, you know, Jane and I will get into these disagreements. And I've got this new thing I've been doing. I call it the third chair. I'll pull it right in. I'll sit. So we're sitting and talking. I did this one time, and now we do it regularly. I will pull in a third chair, and I imagine Jesus is sitting in this chair. First of all, it changes some things you say. I'll tell you that right now. But the other thing it's changed for me is this. I will sit here and I'll say, all right, Jane, your math brain, your factual brain, it just doesn't make sense to me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually uh, ask you to explain to me how it is that you think that way. Like, I'm just going to listen. And I want you to explain to me why you feel that way. So I just listen. Let her talk. I bet you nine times out of ten, since we've been doing the third Jesus chair, nine times out of ten I will look at her and go, that makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't necessarily agree with everything you said, but when I think about it from the way you're expressing it, that makes a lot of sense. And then I've actually said this. I don't even need to try to get you to see what I'm thinking because I like, I like the way you're thinking. That make, Yeah, I'm good with that. I mean, this worked for me because it made me stop and go, lay down all that stuff you're wanting to prove. Just listen a second. I'll tell you what else I've discovered. The girl sitting in this chair, when she sees that kind of attitude from me, you know what it makes her want to do? Hear my point of view more. She actually wants to hear what I think. Now, if you don't do that for your spouse, I'm going I'm to tell you what's going to happen. You're going to push them away. Um, I'm going to conclude this message with a little story that's really quite humorous, but it's really sad, and it's what I don't want you to experience. Um, I, I have an aunt, a great aunt, who did this with her husband, uh, moved the chair. She just kind of said, it will be my way. This is the way it's going to be, and I don't care about what you think. She did that. I watched her do it for years and years and years. She just had the gift of being right all the time. And eventually, him, my great uncle, got tired of it. Uh, I'm going to bring a picture of their house up on the screen there for you to see a second. They lived in this beautiful little house. Um, My mom, growing up in South Carolina, my mom always thought this was a crazy beautiful home. We had a little 500-square-foot home, almost, I mean, really small house I grew up in. So when my mom would see her great aunt, her aunt's house, oh, beautiful. 
Even the, she, I remember she used to say, look, even the awnings have the last, their last name, the initial on the, it's a C. Oh, they made it. That was kind of making it. So she lived in that house, and my mom loved that house. But I remember we'd drive by it, and mom would say these words, oh, it's so sad, beautiful home, but not much joy in it. Because my aunt did this so long to my great uncle, my great aunt and uncle. She did it so long to him that finally he said, I can't do this anymore. I got to get out of this. And so I, I'm going to tell you a crazy story. He moved into, if you look in this picture up on the right, the very far right, there's a little garage. See that little bitty red garage at the end of that little driveway? Listen, he had had it so he finally moved in there. He moved. If you told him on your wedding day, hey, psst, hey. You're going to move in the garage to get away from her. He would have, no way. What happened? Moved into that little red garage. <laughs> My aunt was kind of a meticulous housekeeper. And after he moved into the garage, the house was so nice inside that she actually liked the way the house looked inside and didn't want to get messed up. She moved into the garage with him. She moved in the little, you guys see there's two chairs. That's where they'd sit and watch the sunset. They moved in the, they moved a bed in there and a refrigerator and a stove in there. And they lived in their garage the rest of their life. They died in the garage. Empty house sitting over there. Beautiful home. No one in it. Can you believe that? Can you believe that it's possible today that little thing in your marriage could get you so going at each other that one of you chooses to move out? Move into the garage. Go to the basement. What, what's your thing? What today could you do to plant a little mustard seed that might keep you from the garage? Can I show you something? When Jesus was talking that day, um, we're going to go to the last slide here, Kyle. When Jesus was talking that day, uh, when he said, if you had the faith of a mustard seed, it, it could become that. That's what a mustard seed was. That's a mustard seed tree. That's what Jesus is asking us to do. Plant a little something that could someday you go, Wow, I never dreamed it could be like this. Mustard seed marriage. Today I'm asking you to plant a seed. And let's see what happens as you water it, as you grow with it, as you surrender, as you ask the third chair to guide you. And that's a difference maker. So, God, today, uh, I just lay before you all those who are watching. Probably some have already moved into the garage, if not physically, mentally. I pray them back into the home, spiritually and emotionally. Reconnect some broken hearts. Soften some hard hearts. Heal some bruised hearts. And allow your spirit. To reconnect us so that we can honor you and bring glory to your name. Jesus, our marriage is about your name. Help us to see that. And I pray you'd use these simple words to touch hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.
God bless you.